All right, while we're going to pray, let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, we thank you this morning that your word is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. God, we thank you that your word has the power to heal, the power to change, and the power to transform. God, this morning, we pray that your word, Jesus Christ, you would be magnified, exalted, and glorified this morning. Lord, we pray that you'd be in the midst of us. God, would you become more real to us and more alive to us than we've ever known you before. And so, God, today, not to us, but to your name and your name alone, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Well, church, a couple of years ago when New Zealanders were going across to Australia because they thought that was where the promised land was, uh, my family decided that while the going was good, they were going to get going. Uh, and so they headed over to Australia to embrace the new life that Australia promised. They went over ex uh, expecting that they would in uh, be invited by new jobs, new opportunities, new lifestyles. In fact, they thought that they were going to become new people. However, the problem came when they went over to Australia because what they'd faced and what they'd recognized is though they were in a new country, they were facing the same problems, same reality, uh, same issues that they would have faced if they were here in New Zealand. In fact, it was because of this, our family started to live by the saying, same country, uh, same reality, different country. In fact, you can go ahead and insert your own word into that word reality because that's not the word we used as a family. Uh, but we, the, the truth is the same reality, different country. Uh, and what we meant by that is, you know, you could struggle with finances here in New Zealand. You can struggle with the financial situation and economics here in New Zealand. Move a whole nother country uh, and still face the same economic crisis and financial problems that you faced here in New Zealand. What we meant by same reality, different country, is you can struggle with some habits or some issues or some patterns of behavior that you faced in one location, move completely different locations and still face the same problems that you had. And perhaps can I say this morning that when we approach a new year, we kind of approach the new year with the same mentality. We approach the new year as if the new year is somehow going to produce new results. We say things like new year, new me, new year, new goals, new year, new person. But the same reality is true. Same reality, different country. Only this time, same issues, different day. Same problems, different hour. Same person, 2023. And see, the truth is in this room this morning, you may be here in 2023, but mentally, emotionally, and all your attentions are focused on that of the past. In fact, you may have woken up this morning not even realizing that it's the year 2023 because you're so stuck in the past. What do I mean by that? Well, perhaps you're in this room this morning here physically in 2023, but still living by the regrets of yesterday, the problems of yesterday, the realities of yesterday. Perhaps you're in the room uh, dwelling on the lost friendships and relationships of yesterday. Perhaps you're in here uh, harboring uh, hurts and pain from yesterday. In fact, the same reality can be said of positive experiences. Perhaps in your you're in this room this morning in 2023, but the truth is your attention, your emotions, and your affections are still stuck on that of the past, on the last victories of yesterday, on the last promotions of yesterday, on the jobs of yesterday, on the accolades, the praises, and the achievements of yesterday. And friend, I want to encourage you this morning with the Word of God because it is to this very thing, if you've found yourself in either of those groups this morning, it's to this very thing that God speaks to the people of Israel. In fact, God speaks to the people, in, in the people of Israel in Isaiah chapter 43. And so here's God speaking to the people in, in Israel about how they were once captives to Egypt. They became a free people, but now they're in captivity again to the Babylonians. And in fact, it was because of this reality of the past, they weren't able to move back, move forward into the future. Here are the people of Israel facing a tension between where they want to be and what God has done in the past. 
And so God encourages them in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. He encourages the people of Israel. But church, I believe that God encourages us today with this very same thing. See this, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God bless the reading of his word this morning. So you better believe this morning, you gotta know that God is about to do a new thing. God is doing a new thing in 2023. God is wanting to do a new thing in the midst of his people. God is wanting to do a new thing in and through your life this morning. And so I've titled this message this morning, the thought and the idea of embrace the new. See, society loves the idea of new. Society loves new innovations, new technologies, uh, new makeups, new ideas. Society is obsessed with new. But perhaps can I suggest today that I think that as a society and as a people, we're better at talking about new than we are at taking it on. We're better at wanting new than we are at embracing the new. And I wanna remind you this morning on the onset of this message that we serve a God of the new. We serve a God of new life, a God of new creation, a God of a new song, of a new sound. We serve the God of new tongues, of new opportunities. We serve the God of the new heavens and the new earth. Friend, we serve a God of the new. And so you better believe this morning that God will and God wants to do a new thing in and through you in 2023. And so the question remains still and yet for us to ask, is God in order for us to take on the new thing, in order for us to experience the new thing, in order for us to take on the new thing, then God, how should we embrace the new? Good question, glad you all asked it. Uh, well, firstly, you need to know this morning that in order for you to embrace the new, friends, you're gonna need to forget the past. Now, I'm the king of forgetting the past. I forget birthdays, I forget anniversaries, I forget uh, what my wife told me to do 20 seconds ago. My wife, on the other hand, she's the queen of uh, remembering. She'll remember what I forgot my birth, I forget, when I forget birthdays, anniversaries. She's the queen of remembering. And I always tell her, it's okay, it's okay. God says, forget the former things. And so we need to forget the past this morning. But the truth is this, we know that in theory to forget seems, such a great, seems like such a great idea. But we also know that to forget the past isn't always easy within our practice. See, did you know today that God often says things and calls us to do things, often calls us to step out into things. And though it may not be easy, what God is saying is it's possible. Let me tell you this morning, if God's spoken a word over your life, it may not be easy, but friend, if God said it, it's possible. And I don't know who needs to hear this this morning, but God has so much more for you in your life today and for the future, the plans and the hopes and dreams that he has for you than friends you could ever see through the limitations of your past. See, if you didn't know today, God's not just the God of second chances. Friend, he's the God of new beginnings. And so when God says to the people of Israel, forget the former things, you know that word forget is actually better translated as the word don't keep talking about and don't keep living in. Can I suggest today and can I perhaps ask today, are there some things in this new year that you're gonna have to stop talking about? Are there some experiences or some groups or some people and some situations and experiences in your life that you need to stop dwelling in? In fact, God, a few verses in the Bible says this to the people of Israel. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 16 to 17. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea a path through the mighty waters who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. See, what God's doing here in these verses is he's saying to the people of Israel, Israel, remember you were a captive people in Egypt before. 
Now you're in this place of captivity to the Babylonians. And let me remind you, people of Israel, that I am the God who delivered you out of that place. I'm the God who led you out of that place. I'm the God who took you into a new level of freedom. And then God says in all of that, after he reemphasizes to the people of Israel, retells the story of the Exodus. He goes, remember all that great stuff that I did in your past? Forget it. Forget the former things because I'm about to do a new thing. So you may be in this room this morning creating limits based on limits on your future based on that of your past. In fact, for the people of Israel, what they've done is they've limited the, the ability of God, they've limited the height of God's power and what God could do in their future based on what he had done on the past. And friend, if you're in this room this morning creating limits on your future based on your past, and I wanna remind you this morning, forget the former things, forget the past because God wants to do a new thing. And I believe that one of the greatest struggles that we as believers come against, one of the greatest strategies of the enemy, one of the greatest footholds that we give him is by dwelling in and retelling the stories of our past. So you gotta understand this morning that the enemy doesn't know your future. Anytime he tries to tell you about it, friend, you better believe that it's a lie. God knows your future. And so that's why the enemy loves to keep you in your past. In fact, he'll keep you in your past by saying things like, you know that great achievement and that great accolade, that great promotion that you had yesterday? your life will never amount to anything as great as that. He'll tell you things like, you know that failed business idea, that failed friendship or relationship, just give up on that because God's not got anything else for you. He'll tell us things like, God already forgave you once. Who are you to come back to God and ask for forgiveness again? He'll tell you things like, you aren't walking with Jesus. You aren't committed to the holy life. You aren't committed to your walk with him. You're just gonna turn the next corner, trip up and run back into the same person that you were yesterday. Here's the truth this morning. Anytime you believe the lie, you empower the liar. Anytime that you believe the lie of the enemy, you're empowering the enemy power in your life. See, the enemy will use your past. He'll put sprinkles on it. He'll bedazzle it. He'll rehash it. He'll make a spectacle of it. And he'll make us believe it. He'll keep you stuck in your past. But I'm here to remind you today, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it reminds us of this. God said about another new thing. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Friend, you know what that means this morning? You are a new creation in Christ. Friend, anytime you go to revisit the person you used to be, you're imagining somebody that no longer exists. Friend, anytime you dwell in the experiences or life that you once had, anytime you retell the stories of your past and live in it, friend, through the blood of Christ, through the person of Jesus, you're imagining something that now no longer exists in the same condition of which you used to know it. Don't empower the, don't believe the lie and therefore empower the, the, the liar. See, it doesn't mean, forgetting the past doesn't mean you're gonna have amnesia. Forgetting the past doesn't mean that you're just gonna forget everything that happened in your life. Friend, forgetting the past just means you don't have to make your past the theme of your story. Forgetting the past means that because it happened in the last chapter of your life doesn't mean that it has to happen in every single chapter of your life for the rest of your life. To forget the past is to disempower the weight of that story to disempower the weight of that experience over the life that God has for you now and the things that he has for you in the future. To forget the past is to not allow it to hinder you, to stop you, to hinder you from stepping into the things that God has for you because you better believe today that God is doing a new thing. See, friend, in order for you to embrace the new, you're gonna need to forget the past. Everyone say forget the past. Secondly, this morning, in order for us to embrace the new that God has for you, friends, you're, not, you're gonna need to get perspective. Everyone say perspective. There's a story of a young couple, they moved into a neighborhood and the wife and husband, the next morning they got up and they were sitting at the table uh, having breakfast 
And the wife started to look out the window. And what she noticed outside the window was the neighbor hanging out the washing. And she said to her husband, can you not look at that lady's washing? Look at the filth and muck and look at the dirt on her washing. Does she not know how to clean laundry? Who taught her? Does she need a new washing machine? And like any good husband learns, he kept silent and just said, yes, dear. Uh, And this went on for the next couple of days. She kept saying this week after week. It was a daily routine. Look at that lady's washing. Isn't it dirty? And then one morning she got up and she was perplexed. She was amazed. She was flabbergasted about what she was witnessing. She looked outside the window and she goes, look, dear. Look, she learned how to do her washing. It's clean today. She's hanging up clean washing. And the husband deciding that he was going to sleep on the couch for the next two weeks, he mustered up the courage to say to her, well, honey, I got up early this morning and I started to wipe, wash our windows. Perspective. See, the the truth is this this morning. I believe that many of us are trying to view the new thing that God has for us through the muddied vision of the window, through the muddied windows of the vision we have for our life of the vision we have for our agenda, of the plans that we have for our life. And God's saying, I'm not doing a new thing in those things. I am doing a new thing, but see it as I would see it, perspective. In fact, that's the beauty of this, of this scripture this morning, is that sometimes we look as Pentecostals at this, at this text and we say, God, you're doing a new thing. And we often think, God, you're doing a new thing, and that means new things. That means next things. But God's saying, I'm not doing a new, I'm not giving you new things, I'm doing a new thing. Perhaps some of us are out here praying, God, do the new thing. God, do a new thing in the job, in this job, by giving me a next job. Because the job I currently have, I hate. I hate the co-workers. I hate the customers. I hate my boss. And God's like, I'm out here doing a new thing. But the new thing's not coming in the next thing of a new job. I'm doing a new thing in your heart so that you have a new response to the same thing in which I've given you in the last season. Perhaps you're out here today praying, God, I'm single, ready to mingle, felt as lonely as a bull for the last, uh, as what has felt like eternity. And you're praying, God, give me the next thing in a future wife or a future husband. And God's like, I'm not going to give you the next thing. I'm doing a new thing, but the new thing's not coming in the next thing. It's coming through your heart. In fact, I'm doing a new thing in you. I'm teaching you perseverance. I'm teaching you the ability to wait. I'm teaching you the ability to commit to the relationship that you already have, the relationship that you should have with me. God is doing a new thing. And so often we're out here praying, God, do the new thing and the next thing. But you got to believe today that God is doing a new thing, but God is always doing a new thing and the same thing. In fact, this is what he said to the people of Israel. Though you're in the desert, though you're in captivity, though you're in the wastelands, I will provide a new thing in the midst of the same thing. I'll give you desert. I'll, I'll give you ways in the wastelands and streams in the desert. God was doing a new thing. But friend, he was doing it in the same thing. Some of you guys would remember this story, but a few months ago, I decided to go on a drive, and uh, as I do. And so I was driving towards a beach, and I took the wrong turn off, and then I started to veer off to the left. Long story short, I started to walk through the, through the museum. And then as I went around the museum, and I started to see the world through the lens of historical uh, perspective, I started to cry for two reasons. Well, firstly, I was like, what the heck are you doing here by yourself at a museum? Who does that? Uh, But second, there was a deeper reason uh, because God said, Caleb, while you were caught up trying to see, you got so caught up in your own world and the own things that were happening in your life on the perspectives that you had that you lost sight of the bigger picture. You lost perspective. And then the Lord simply invited me back by saying, come see things as I see them. Come get my perspective. I'm here to remind somebody this morning, Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight to nine tells us this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can I remind somebody this morning that God's plan for your life 
is far greater than the plans that you could ever manufacture for yours. See, I wonder today how many sleepless nights, how many broken hearts, how many disappointments and pains we could avoid if we'd first sought God for His will instead of running ahead in ours. See, one of the things I love about this text is that prior to God telling the people of Israel that He was doing a new thing, He lays out perspective. He reminds them of a few things that would give them perspective. And I wonder today if in 2023, you need a new perspective. In fact, let me encourage you with what God tells the people of Israel. God reminds the people of Israel who they are and what He had called them to do. He reminds them of who He is, His character, His nature, and His personality, perspective. He reminds them of His position, of His power, of His authority over all things He gives them perspective. He reminds them of the great things in which He'd done in the past and the great way in which He'll do it again. He gives them perspective. And then God makes sure to remind the people of Israel in chapter 8 and verse 18 to 19 that it was God who was about to do the new thing. See, God was making it clear to the people of Israel and He was putting it all into perspective for us today. You gotta know today that the new thing has nothing to do with your ability. The new thing has nothing to do with your strength. The new thing has nothing to do with your effort. The new thing has nothing to do with anything you could strive towards. It's clear through through the word that God, by His grace, by His wisdom, by His might, by His power, by His right hand, that He was the one who initiated it. He was the one who was walking with them through it and He was the one who was about to fulfill it. See, friends, this leads us to recognize this this morning if the keys would join me. Is in order for you to embrace the new that God has for you, in order for you to embrace the new that God has for us in 2023, in order for you to embrace the new that God wants to do in and through your life, friend, you need to give up and go after God. Give up and go after God. What an encouragement. Give up and go after God. See, God is the one who will do the new thing. And friend, that thought alone should bring you freedom. Freedom from any stress, freedom from any pressure, freedom from any anxiety you may be facing towards this year and the challenges that it'll present. Here's the truth. If God himself is doing a new thing, if God himself will make a way in the wilderness, if God himself will make streams in the wasteland, then it's God himself that you and I must pursue in the year of 2023. If God himself was bringing about the new thing, friends, you better believe that it's not the new thing we chase. We don't chase new things, we chase after God. See, the truth is this, as you pursue God, as you go after God, you will see what he is doing and friends, you will grab hold and embrace the new thing. I wanna tell you this morning, the closer that you are to God, the clearer the new thing becomes. The closer you are to God, the easier it becomes to embrace the new. And in this, friend, lay the beauty and the power of our text this morning. See, what you gotta understand this morning is God wasn't just promising a new thing. He was promising and inviting us as a loving father back to the heart of God. He was saying, come into close proximity with me. Come see what I'm doing. Come get perspective on what I'm gonna do in your life. God was saying, would you come and would you see? And maybe that's the word for 2023. God is doing a new thing. You can't do it. You can't strive for it. You can't make an effort in it. God is doing it. So here's my encouragement for you on the cuff of 2023. Here's my encouragement for you as you begin to run throughout this year. Here's the word that I have from the Lord for you today. Friend, give up. Wow, Caitlin, what an encouragement. 2023, you're telling us to give up. This is what I'm saying. Give up. 
Give up chasing after opportunity after opportunity in your own strength. Give it up to God. Go after God and he'll open the doors. Give up chasing person after person, friendship after friendship, relationship after relationship. Give up. Go after God and he'll open the doors. Give up, friend, trying to climb the ladders of success and promotion today. Give up. Go after God and he will open the doors. I want to remind somebody this morning, stop pushing open doors that God himself never opened for you in your life. Go after God and he will open up the right doors. He will put the right people in place and he will do it all in his right time. You will only ever see the new thing to the extent of that which you're willing to give up and surrender to God as you pursue him. See, what I mean when I say give up is rather start this year by giving it over, by surrendering it to him again and saying, God, here it is. See, my prayer as I was preparing this message, my prayer for last week is God make me nothing so that you would become everything. God make the opportunities and the promises and the plans in my life nothing so that I could embrace everything that you have for me this year. God make us nothing today so that we could pursue everything that you have for us. I don't mean give up on trying. I don't mean give up on your goals. I don't mean give up on making efforts. But what I'm saying is give it up if it's at the expense of going after God. Give it over to Him if He wasn't a part of the plan. Give it up and surrender to Him if it's not drawing you closer into intimate relationship with Him. See, it's great to have New Year's resolutions. It's great to have a plan. It's great to set goals. But I'm here to encourage somebody this morning. If God is not a part of it, then friend, it's not worth doing. Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. His will, His way, His plans, His purpose, His provisions, Him and Him alone. I wanna encourage somebody this morning to give up this year and go after God. Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. To us, the people of God, forget the former things. Forget the great exploits of your past. Forget the pain of yesterday. Forget all of the things of which I've done and provided for you. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing in the midst of my people. I'm doing a new thing in your heart. I'm doing a new thing in 2023. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive what I'm doing? Come into relationship with me. Come into proximity with me. Come into an intimate relationship with me because I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Forget the former things. God is about to do a new thing. How do we embrace the new thing this morning? Forget the past. Get perspective. Give up and go after God. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Thank you. God, we do reiterate those words. God, this year as a church, as a people of God, would you make us nothing so that you could become everything? Make our wills, our plans, our agendas, the things that we'd sought out for our life, make them nothing so that you could become everything. Lord, we're not chasing after new things. We're not chasing after next things. We're chasing after you and you alone. And so on the cuff of 2023, God, this is our prayer. We surrender it to you again. We make you the Lord of our life again. Lord, we committed to your ways and your ways alone. God, I pray this year that your people, your children, this people of God, would be a people who are sold out to the things of the Spirit, that they would be led and guided by you into all truth. That's your promise, O oh God. Lord, this year I pray that the person of Jesus would become more real to us than the skin on our bones and the air in our lungs. 
this year, O oh God, in our world, in our midst, may we seek first from the Word of God because your Word alone has the power to heal. Your Word alone has the power to change and your Word alone has the power to transform. And so we submit our ways. In fact, God, we pray, Proverbs 3, verse five to six, trust in the Lord with all your hearts. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. So God, we thank you for the new thing. But more than that, we thank you for that invitation to come closer in relationship with you, in Jesus' name. Still with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Perhaps this morning you're here and you're saying, man, I want a new life. I want a fresh start for this year. Well, friend, let me tell you, you can try different methods, you can try different things, but it all starts with Jesus. So maybe you're here this morning and you don't know God. Maybe you were once in good relationship with Him, but you know that your life's not right with Him. Here's the truth. You were created on purpose and for a purpose. You were created for life and life in abundance. You were created for relationship with God. But the reason we don't experience these things is because of this word called sin. Sin is this. Sin is to choose our ways above God's ways. Sin is to be disobedient to following in obedience to Him. Sin is to miss the mark. And in fact, the Bible tells us that the wages and the penalty of that sin is death. You and I, friend, we're dead in our sins. But God in His love, God in His grace, God in His mercy didn't wanna leave us in that place. So this is what He did. He sent His Son, Jesus, who lived a life that was holy and blameless. Yet with His very intent, last intentions, His very last actions, thoughts, and breath, He was thinking of you and I as He took upon Himself the death that you and I deserve. And there's the promise. If we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that He is Lord, if we follow Him in all our ways, then we can have freedom from our past, a new life today, and eternity with Him in heaven. And so maybe this morning you're saying, man, I wanna start a relationship with God. I wanna say yes to Him. Friend, in a moment, our church, we're all gonna pray this prayer together, but I'm gonna count down from three right now. And if that's you, if you're saying yes, include me in that prayer. Yes, I wanna start a new life with Jesus. All you have to do is shoot your hand up nice and high so I know who it is I'm praying for. Four. So here we go. Three, God loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Two, he's standing at the door of your heart saying, would you let me in? One, friend, if that's you, would you mind just lifting your hand nice and high so I can see it? No one looking around. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, I see those hands. God bless you. See anyone else saying, man, I need that new start. I need to start my relationship with God. Awesome. Well, church, we're gonna pray this prayer together. So everyone say this after me. Everyone say, dear Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Today, I turn from sin and turn to you. I give you my life, my past, present, and future, and make you the Lord of my life. Thanks to you, today is a new day, and I'm set free in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate every single person who said yes to Jesus this morning?